1: Traveling through this world of woe, there is no sin. Steve Through my treasures are laid up somewhere beyond the
0: Welcome to Pilgrim's Progress. I'm Ray Greenlee from the National Prayer Chapel. As a child, I was shy, gentle-hearted, a country boy, a farm boy. I learned very quickly in the rough and tumble of my family and at school that I had to defend myself in whatever way I could. By personality, I was an off-the-wall introvert, but also an off-the-wall intuitive. As I grew older, I discovered very quickly that people, some people, would try to take advantage of my shyness and my gentleness, and they would try to control me. They would think this person is a pushover. Now, it's hard for me to even imagine this, that another person could deliberately set out to control, to manipulate, but that's what I experienced. Some entering into friendship thought I can make this person different, I can change them. But through all of this process of growing up, a strength grew in my character. I almost describe it as a a soft velvet outer layer over iron, because very early, as I would come home from church, weeping over my sin as a boy of nine or ten years of age, the Holy Spirit began to move in me and give me the courage to be a Christian. To be a real follower of Jesus Christ requires great courage. It requires an uncommon strength that only comes from the Holy Spirit. As I have lived through these years, I've had to contend with strong criticism, with accusations, with judgments, particularly from those who somehow think they should change me and make me into a different kind of person. I've lost friends who were not real friends. I've discovered that a real friend will support and encourage. A real friend will speak the word of God with boldness and humility that a real friend will not try to manipulate. A real friend will not try to control or judge. As a pastor, I found it very painful and difficult because my life was so much out there, and now on the radio, my life is so much out there that people seem to feel free to make harsh judgments. I've long since lost all concern about their judgments. I'm still a a shy, gentle-hearted person who wants to walk in peace with all men, but frankly, I find I can't walk in peace with everyone because they will not allow it. And when I don't measure up to their expectations with rancor and anger, they cut me off. Some just disappear. In Isaiah 35, I want to begin reading with verse 3 and then verse 4. Strengthen the feeble hands. Steady the knees that give way. Say to those with fearful hearts, be strong. Do not fear. Your God will come. He will come with vengeance, with divine retribution. He will come to save you. Takes a great deal of courage to walk this life of a wayfaring stranger but the battle is not really with other people the battle in truth is fought in your own soul i'm i'm thinking about the story of abraham God tested Abraham to determine what was in his soul. Now, please understand, I am trained with a master's degree in theology. I know the doctrine. I've studied the Bible all of my life. But I do not find it helpful to simply speak about the teaching of the Lord Jesus in an abstract intellectual way. There is abstract intellectual content in what I share on this broadcast. I am much more interested in the inner person life as then it is poured out as water from the belly the Holy Spirit pouring out in personal encounter with other people, in personal relationships with other people, in, in very intimate ways. I'm not willing to live a lie. I want to walk in the truth. I want what you see to be what you actually find. I don't want to be false. What you see when you listen to this broadcast and you come to this YouTube channel is in fact who I am. It is my heart. It is what Jesus has done in me and for me and with me. And as I read the scriptures, I find the same thing is true there. The story of Abraham is not some abstract intellectual understanding. It is a day-by-day story of God interacting with this man to bring him to a place where all was laid on the altar. God said, Genesis 22, Take your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love, and go to the region of Moriah and sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains that I'll tell you about. Early the next morning, Abraham got up and saddled his donkey. Now when he got there, he bound his son Isaac. He laid him on the altar on top of the wood. And then he reached out his hand and took the knife to slay his son. But the angel of the Lord called out to him from heaven, Abraham, Abraham, here I am, he replied. Do not lay a hand on the boy. Do not do anything to him. Now I know that you fear God because you have not withheld from me your son, your only son. And there in the thicket he saw a ram caught by its horns. He went and took the ram and he sacrificed it as a burnt offering instead of his son. So Abraham called the place the Lord will provide. And to this day it is said on the mountain of the Lord it will be provided. And the angel of the Lord called to Abraham from heaven a second time. cry of my heart is that I would be like Abraham and that I too would come and I would lay all that is precious on that altar of burnt offering. That's why the Apostle Paul, speaking about this issue in Romans Let me read it for you in Romans, the twelfth chapter. Therefore, I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the Renewing or renovation of your mind, then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. I want to tell you this is the courageous work to which we are called first and foremost. The last bastion that a man has to face is often lust. Lust for sexual pleasure. Lust for the gratification of money. Lust for entertainment. Lust. And if we're going to be living sacrifices, we're going to have to take that lust And we're going to have to take it to the altar of burnt offering. We're going to have to bind it and lay it on the altar. Now, I can assure you that Isaac lay on the altar patiently trusting his father and his God. Lust will not lay quietly on the altar. It will yell and scream and twist and turn. But the knife has to be plunged into the heart of lust. The knife has to be plunged into the into the favorite child of my own desires. So yes, I'm a shy and gentle-hearted man, and I come and I speak as honestly as I can to you about not just the intellectual aspects of the gospel, but the actual walking out of it, the experience of it. And I've learned the great courage that it has required on my part to not allow myself to... To be manipulated by other people. To not allow myself to be controlled by other people. Even though to not do so has often cost me a great deal of time and energy and even money. To not allow myself to be controlled by others' expectations. To not be codependent. But to stand honest before Almighty God and bring my desire to please others and lay it on the altar and plunge the knife into the very heart of my pleasing nature. I've had to do that over and over until that pleasing nature was entirely dead. I've had to bring my desire, my ambition for success. I've had to plunge my knife into the very heart of that desire to be somebody, to be successful. Ambition. I've had to take the knife and even plunge it into the very heart of my most intense desire that I have a partner to walk with me. You see, we were all born codependent. it takes time to break that it takes it takes an honest labor to break the power that other people exercise over us that we could be honest and true to Jesus Christ alone greatest joy of my heart is that time that I get to spend with Jesus this morning I for the first time made a cup of coffee after I'd had my morning walk it was warm and pleasant out this morning I took my cup of coffee and sat out on my fort on my front porch and just fellowshiped with Jesus and felt completely together with him with nothing between his heart and mine except love and obedience and I worshiped him every act that a true christian takes every act that a true Christian takes requires great courage and fortitude. Because the world, the flesh, and the devil are constantly sniping at us from the bushes, trying to drag us into some kind of conflict or some kind of engagement with others that would be destructive. In the book of Matthew, I've been talking with you about soul loss. I've been trying to talk with you about how you can begin to recover your soul. It will take all of the courage you have to recover the soul that you have lost to the devil and to others. It will require every ounce of courage you have to pursue Jesus Christ and not give way to the people who demand that we please them. People will not understand you, and they will judge you, and they will accuse you, I have made a very clear decision in my heart that I will spend my time and my energy with people who support and who love, who are gentle-hearted because those are the people I expect to spend eternity with, those men and women who love Jesus with all of their hearts or who are by very nature gentle, strong-hearted men and women. I'm not going to spend my time with those who accuse, who judge. I'm not going to spend my time with those who drag down. I'm not going to spend my time with eaters. I'm going to spend my time with those who produce kindness, gentleness, patience, love, I used to think it was me. There was something wrong with me because I was so different than than many around me. The further I go on this journey, the more I recognize how different I am than the world. Last week I met a couple of people who would not consider themselves strong Christians but they had such kind hearts. They had such gentle words. They had such personal insight. It was a a pleasure to spend three hours just sitting talking together. Those are the kind of people I want to spend my time and energy with. If you want to recover the portions of your soul that you have lost, that have been scratched away, that have been eaten by the devil, then you're going to have courage. You will not recover your soul quickly or easily because those who have stolen it, the one who has. Torn it from you. Has given you. Fear. Anxiety. Depression. Hopelessness. Despair. That's always a sign of. Your soul being stolen away. Some of you have taken on addictions to somehow protect yourself. Every addiction has a demonic element. The removal of your soul is a demonic process. And the servants of Satan are there to help steal your soul. If you want to recover it, you're going to have to be very strong and very bold and you're going to have to take very precise actions. And Jesus begins to speak about this. He talks with his disciples, and he began to tell them that it was going to be necessary for him to go to Jerusalem, and that there. He would suffer many things from the elders and chief priests, the scribes, that they were even going to put him to death, but that he would be raised back to life on the third day. Jesus could have pleased these people, they would have quickly adored him had he simply been willing to lie. Use his powers in ways that prospered their goals instead of the goals of heaven. And one of his disciples, Peter, took Jesus aside and began to rebuke him, saying, Lord, never. This is not going to happen to you. But he turned to Peter. I want you to hear what he said. We need to say this too. He said, you must get behind me, Satan. You are my offense. Because you are thinking not of the things of God, but the things of the, of the men, the men of this world. If you're going to recover your soul, you're going to have to stop listening to the people of this world. And you're going to have to move forward in what God has called you to be about, which is to build his kingdom in this world. And it's a kingdom of love and grace and mercy and compassion. But it's also a kingdom of fortitude and strength, integrity. Now, please hear clearly what I'm going to say to you. Many will come to you as they have to me. I remember one man, after I had preached, he came to me and said, Pastor, you're never going to be successful preaching the way you are. I said, Well, tell me how you think I should preach. Well, he said, Stop talking about repentance. And start talking about human potential and start using historical quotes and historical incidents to illustrate the power and the fortitude of the human heart. I said, in other words, you're telling me that if I want to be successful, I'm going to have to be a humanist and I'm going to have to give people secrets of how they can prosper in their lives. And he said, yes, exactly. Nobody wants to hear what you're saying. I said, no, thank you. I'll continue the path I'm on because I'm on my way as a wayfaring stranger to the kingdom of God. Matthew 16, verse 24, if anyone wills, To come after me, he must deny himself and must take up his cross and follow me. If you decide that you are going to follow Jesus and that your home is in heaven and not here, you're going to have to become an overcomer that implies struggle and conflict. That struggle and that conflict will be first of all in your own soul as you take that which lies closest to your heart that is of darkness and plunge your knife into its heart. Some of you, the television is what is most dear to you, or some some entertaining diversion. Some, it's football. Some, it's video games. Some, it's alcohol. Some, it's drugs. For some, it's fornication. For some, it's just having a person with you. Even if you're not married to them, you want someone with you because you don't want to be alone. You're codependent. You're going to have to take that which lies closest to your heart. And you're going to have to let it die. That involves denying yourself. That comforting wickedness that you know you have walked in year after year. That thing that the Holy Spirit has been speaking to you and saying. Let it go. Secondly, you're going to have to take up your cross and follow Jesus. And this is a very public process. And you're going to have many people who say, you're a fanatic. You have poor judgment. You're never going to be successful pursuing that course or that line of thought. It's going to require great resilience, great strength in your own heart. And it will be given to you by Jesus to pursue after him regardless of the cost. For whoever may will to save his life will lose it. But whoever may lose his life for my sake will find it for what does it profit a man if he may gain the whole world and yet suffer the loss of his soul? How does he suffer the loss of his soul? By playing the world's game. By not denying yourself, but instead going along to get along. Some of you are in Intimate relationships with another person. But you recognize they do not have your best interest at heart. They simply want to use you. They want your money. They want your time because they're codependent. They want your stuff. They want your services. But they really want themselves. you're going to have to stop that. You're going to have to say, no. No. And it may mean that that person will become so livid and so angry that they will leave you. And you'll be alone. And they'll take everything they can take with them when they leave. They'll take every dollar they can take. They'll take every stick of furniture they can take. Can I tell you something? They cannot take your soul. Because you have given your soul to Jesus Christ. When you make the decision that you are going to follow Jesus, you may lose your job. You may lose your money. You may lose your life. Remember, at the beginning of this broadcast, I said, it takes a great deal of courage to follow Jesus Christ, because... Every idol that lies close to your heart is going to have to have your knife plunged into it. No one's knife can do that except your knife. You're going to have to say, I won't walk this way anymore. Bitterness, I'm done with you. Anger, rancor, I'm done with you. Accusations, not one more will leave my lips. Grumbling, not one more time will I grumble. I will be in Jesus Christ, his happy, joyous servant. It's that determination. It is that plunging of the knife into those parts of me that were utterly dependent on for my very life and approval on other people approving and liking me. It's been that decision to throw my television into the trash. And that's what I did with my large screen television many years ago. It was one of the best decisions God asked me to make. Because God will not work with a person who fills their heart with the world's entertainment because you're in the process of having your soul torn out of your very heart. And Jesus will not bless that. I am the person I am today because of the love and the grace, and the mercy of Jesus Christ. And this is for me much more than some intellectual enterprise. This for me is extremely personal. My relationship with Jesus is very personal. The law comes spitting its fire at me. The law comes demanding that I be executed. All kinds of condemnation wants to crowd its way into my heart and into my spirit. Hopelessness needs to come and rule over me. Desperation, fear, anxiety. I will have none of it. Because there is there now no more condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus our Lord. Those who are in Christ, that's very personal. To be in Jesus is very personal. Do you hear what I'm pleading for today? That you let go of all of your institutional religion. It's a shame before Almighty God all of your culture of the Christian church. Let go of it. It will not serve you to bring you into the kingdom of heaven. This is very personal. It's between Jesus and me. And then it's between me and Jesus and the men and women like you that I can speak to and and hopefully bring into freedom where you recognize, what are those issues in my life? What are those things that lay closest to my heart that I must plunge my knife into and say, I'm done with you. Alcohol, I'm done with you. Fornication, I'm done with you. Pornography, I'm done with you. Anxiety, fear, I am finished with you. I will not be controlled by you any longer. I belong to Jesus Christ. Do you see what I'm talking about? This is very personal. What will a man give in exchange for his soul? For the Son of Man is destined to come in the glory of his Father with his angels, and then he will reward each one according to his activities, according to what he has done. What have you done? What are you doing? Do you recognize what I'm talking about? Some of you listening are are violent people filled with rage. Some of you are totally dependent on another person for your emotional stability. Some of you are consumed with fear, so much so you can barely go out of the house. Some of you are, are entertainment junkies. You love the entertainment of this world. Do you see the bondage? You don't have to continue this way. You can deny yourself and those around you and take up the cross of Jesus Christ that is, take up the instrument of death, that is, take up the knife of Abraham and plunge it into those those things that lie closest to your heart that have given you courage in the past, but you no longer need them because now you have the Lord Jesus Christ Have you sold your soul? Have you lost your soul? Are you consumed with with wickedness? Are you harsh with your wife or your husband? Are you trying to control them? Are you trying to tell them what they should do and how they should do it? Did you marry them so you could control them? And when they won't do what you think they ought to do, do you say, okay, I'm out of here. You either do what I want or I'm leaving. I've experienced that. It's very destructive. Have you a boss that has told you You either lie for me or I'm going to fire you. And did you lie for them? Did you get even with them by stealing from the office? Do you hear what I'm trying to say to you today? I suspect that many of you who listen to this broadcast are also gentle-hearted, honest followers of Jesus. And I praise God for you. I'm very grateful for the kindness you show in your comments, the kindness you show in giving to help support this radio broadcast. You notice I always say, Only give what the Holy Spirit prompts you to give. I don't want in any way to emotionalize the need for the offerings. I only come to this radio broadcast because I've been directed to by the Holy Spirit. And so it's his responsibility to give me the words to speak. The messages I'm supposed to give for you. But they come rising up out of my heart. Because that's where the Holy Spirit abides in us. Are you a gentle hearted giant? It's what I love most about my father. He was a big man, six foot three, huge hands. But he was a gentle-hearted man. I love that about him. He loved Jesus with all of his heart. I have to tell you also, I have two brothers, I love both of them, but one brother, my brother Don, he's two years older than I am. He's been such an awesome friend to me. Sometimes not understanding me, sometimes not agreeing with me. But always there as an honest supporter, an encourager, My brother Don has become very precious to me. I have others in my life like that. Brother Ed Pugh, who is the one responsible for doing all the IT work for this broadcast. As a volunteer, I must add, many hours every week. I treasure his love and song, his wife. They're very precious to my heart. There's Bill and Rhonda and others. We need people around us who don't accuse us, who don't judge us, who don't try to tell us what to do. But who tell us to go to the Holy Spirit and follow His lead? I'd learn not to ask anybody what I should do. I'll ask for advice with a clear understanding that I'm not obligated to follow what they say, but to simply pray about it. I pray today's broadcast has has been helpful to you. I've been very vulnerable. I really want you to get a hold of how personal this relationship with Jesus is. He is the lover of my soul. He is everything to me. I am so eager to go to heaven to be with him not for heaven's sake even though that will be exciting i want to be with him he's the he's the lover of my soul well we're almost out of time for today please may i pray with you lord jesus i come bringing every person listening to this broadcast before your throne and i ask that you would heal the wounds of their heart, that you would give them the courage to lift that knife and plunge it into the heart of every wicked thing that lies close to them. I ask, Lord, that you would give them the fortitude to walk out reclaiming their soul and not letting anyone ever again steal their soul away or a portion of it. I pray, Lord, that you will give us the courage to not be pleasers but to be gentle-hearted, strong men and women filled with compassion and mercy and love. Lord, help us to know when someone is trying to take advantage, when someone is trying to manipulate or control or steal from us, give us a spirit of discernment and understanding. Lord, thank you. I pray in your holy name. Amen. I'd love to hear from you. You can write to me at the National Prayer Chapel, Post Office Box 2346, Woodbridge, Virginia, 22195. And Chris, thank you. I just got your letter. That's encouraging. Thank you. I go every day to check the post office. And as I go to the post office box, I say, Lord, thank you for what's there and thank you for what's not there. It's all in your hands and I trust you. We're still about $2,000 short for this month. I'm standing by faith that by the first of next month all the money will be in. If you'd like to help write to me. The National Prayer Chapel. Post Office Box 2346 Woodbridge, Virginia 22195 Now you can also go to our webpage nationalprayerchapel.com nationalprayerchapel.com You can give online online I always like to hear your feedback. I thank each of you who've been on the, on the chat line today on the live video feed to YouTube. Thank you. I always look forward to you being with me. Deborah, I haven't heard from you for a long time. I'm glad to see you're still listening. Thank you for your encouragement. You've been there a long time. I love you all. Be courageous today. Be strong. Don't give way. Have a gentle but strong heart. Velvet on the outside, but iron on the inside. God bless you. I'll talk to you soon. Tomorrow, a prayer day. I invite you to call and pray. Throw the the devil's mask off your face. And pray for America for revival. God bless you. I'll talk to you soon. If you're like me.